I feel like forcing yourself to use an iPad instead of a Mac on principle is like going around in life trading in a briefcase for a burlap sack and a three-legged race partner. <laughs> Am I wrong? Or No, you're not wrong, but I, I feel like you might need to uh, elaborate some. Well, no, this this week, or, or it's, I, uh, we skipped last week, so it's been two weeks since uh, people have heard this show. But uh, I've, I've been exposed to a lot of different, um, I've been exposed to a lot of people using, forcing themselves to use the iPad as their only computer. And it, it, it it's, it's one of those uh, things that just like really sticks with me and it is frustrating to no end. And not that I feel like I know better or that people shouldn't compute however they want to. And I know that sounds really weird, but like, I, I think the people that are doing, like, I can understand older folks and people who like the iPad for its simplicity and the like the low upkeep and the fact that like whatever they do is um, like a low impact computing. But there's a lot of people who in, in the technology community and also like some podcasters and stuff who force themselves to use the iPad as like their primary computer as like some like weird like badge of honor. Because they 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 proselytize about it having all these advantages, but in a lot of ways, it sounds like it's just a huge pain in the ass, and they're contorting their workflows to um, to try to fit this very limited product. There's there's two things that stand out to me about this. The first is exactly what you just said, which is people who feel like they have to f- like force their workflow into using the ipad like it's it's one thing if somebody just kind of naturally has a profession or a lifestyle where the ipad fits them although my kind of second point gets into that too but i think it's 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 super super crazy for people to want this or to have this need to try to fit their life around the ipad like i just don't get that at all and then you know the second thing is it's just hard for me to relate to, even for the people who seemingly have a, a job or a, a lifestyle where the iPad does naturally fit, because I'm not that person. Like there, There's just a 0% chance that I could ever do my day-to-day job on an iPad. And not only my, my job, but also just kind of like managing the rest of my life. Like I just don't think there's any way that I'd be able to efficiently do that on the iPad. So I guess a lot of the like frustration that I have with people who, who do that is I just, I guess have just a lack of a connection with them. Like I just, I just can't really put myself in their shoes. That's, that's, that's very, very true. And, and it's that again, for me, the, the sticking point or, or my, my difficulty with it is that it's, it's almost entirely elective. Like they, most of the people like will admit that there's a better tool for the job, but for whatever reason, they they want to make it seem like the iPad's a better choice. And and I don't want to knock on the iPad; it's it has its place, but it just seems like it's it's not really worthwhile. And and the part that kills me is that a lot of these folks will uh, they'll say that either like the Apple smart keyboard or some other type of like keyboard case combo is, is the, the secret to productivity. But then when you think about what that extra bulk, like, like any, 
if they say that the reason they like the iPad is because it's so portable and, and, and light and flexible, once you add all these accessories that make it somewhat more tolerable, it ends up weighing the same or more than the comparable like MacBook Pro. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next point too, which is, I, I forget which, which keyboard case that I sent to you uh, a couple of weeks ago. I forget which one it is. I, I think it's the Logitech one. Um, is anyway, it a good looking one? I, 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 it's not important. One of the, the, one of the, there's actually not many of these things, but one of the... Oh, there's tons of these things. That are both a keyboard and a case all in one. Well, yeah, like that's what I have for my Air 2. Like I have the Logitech uh, Type Plus cover. Uh, the, Log- the Logitech Create is is a very uh, popular one as well. There's the iPad Smart Keyboard. There's, there's I was thinking I was thinking specifically of iPad Pro versions that use like the Smart Connector, but I, I I guess you're you're right that in general there's a lot of keyboard solutions. Yeah, but you're probably thinking of the Logitech Create. Yeah, I think I think that's the one that that I'm thinking of. But I, I sent to you some numbers that I kind of looked at, which was if you take the weight of the Logitech Create. And I think this even applies to even if you just look at the Wi-Fi only version of the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, but certainly the one with cellular because it's a little bit heavier. When you combine those two together, you're significantly heavier than an uh, MacBook Air, which, you know, I, I again, going back to the point that I just have trouble relating to these people, even if a MacBook Pro is, let's say, a pound heavier than an iPad setup. Like to me, that's just like, that's just not a big deal. And I'm somebody who, I mean, I'm somebody who carries two laptops in my backpack every day. So, you know, the, the idea to me that like a half pound difference or something like that could really make a huge difference to someone is just, I just can't, I can't relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think overall, like it, it, these same people that are doing this, like it's, it's like the people that vote libertarian. That that is to say that they they're they're trying to make a future happen that's not actually here. And that isn't the world that we live in. You're just you're just itching to do the political podcast. I am, and 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 we'll we'll di- we'll discuss that later. And and even it sounds like we're gonna have another. Uh, week gap but i think uh september is gonna have is gonna have to be it because because we delayed it yeah well yeah i say we should clarify to folks that you know we (laughs) we made it clear that there was the possibility that we would do a political podcast and then decide just never to post it so that is not what happened last week we we did not do the political podcast and then just decide not to post it. it it has it has not happened yet that very well could just be you covering for a a for what let's allegedly could have been a catastrophic podcast uh that that we decided not to release and only the NSA will have heard it there's there's no evidence of that yeah but i, I do want to uh and, and i apologize to everybody that this uh normally we try to begin this with with uh, non-technology stuff but apparently but no such luck this week yeah we we try to stay away from the tech stuff here really i thought uh, 2 weeks ago we were were really successful at that yeah, that, that was unintentional, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. But I, I do want to take uh, this and turn it just a little bit in the, in like the, the iPad as being kind of the antithesis of uh, <laughs> successful multitasking and good computing. <laughs> I do want to, I do want to say that um, I have to just say that the, the 5k iMac and everything for me right now, like 
I, I am at, in such a good place in terms of uh, traditional computing right now. I, I could I could not be happier. And and I don't want to say that like I, I don't know why I remark upon that, but I I just have zero like literally zero complaints about like when I when I when I come home and I want to get some work done. The iMac has has a, has a huge screen. Uh, OS ten point eleven or whatever the heck we're on is is rock solid. I have like th- there's very little about like what I do that doesn't work well. The things are things are pretty solid, and that's what I guess makes the iPad so frustrating of of, of people who try to shoehorn every three everything through like four different applications, and you have to switch between this and that, and oh, you can use this dongle and all this stuff. Whereas I don't know the the iMac is is it's a it's a damn fine computer and and I I I I I am left wanting nothing. Yeah, I, I I we've we've made that point on the show before I'm sure, which is you know the MacBook Pro is already such a phenomenal mobile computing platform, and I I would ex, I would extend this not only to just the iPad, but even comparing it against something like you know the MacBook, which is I just don't see how someone could possibly justify the trade-offs that you have to be willing to accept with using the iPad or the MacBook, you know, compared to the little bit of extra weight of a MacBook Pro. It just it just seems like a total no-brainer. Yeah. On that note, uh I forgot how to use Windows. Oh, I I could I could show you how to use Windows. How? Because <laughs> Because I, I, I've, I've fallen out, like, I still use Windows for work. Like, I mean, I, I still, like, I, I have to end up using, like, Citrix to get into, like, a, a Windows 7, like, virtual environment or whatever to do certain things. But, like, whenever I'm, I, I, every couple months when I encounter, like, a Windows 8 or a Windows 10 computer, I, I literally have zero idea what's going on. And if I ever had to troubleshoot or, like, do anything on a Windows computer... That wasn't just like using Microsoft Office. Uh, I would be very lost, and, and I, I can't remember a time in like my past where that that was a thing. Yeah, I guess I actually probably should have clarified that I also probably would be lost in front of a Windows eight or ten machine. I mean, my, my desktop here at home is a Windows ten machine, but I I basically never interact with Windows itself. Yeah, I, I'm usually just in Steam or Origin or whatever. What's Origin? Uh, that's EA's version of Steam. Oh, boo! Um, my my work machine, which is is where I do the bulk of my Windows work, is is Windows Seven. So yeah, I guess I I, I probably would be likewise lost in anything above seven. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, or like an hour ago, I downloaded a, a what do you call it? Like an ISO or what, what? 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 What's the Windows equivalent of a DMG file? I forget. Is it an ISO? I th- it just a dot exe. No, what's the thing when you have like a disk image or something? Like uh, I, I, d- I downloaded Windows 10 from Microsoft, and I think I'm going to run it in a VM just to just see how how the other <laughs> the other ninety ninety one percent live. <laughs> right. Yeah, in, in ISO, that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. Uh, so, so to round this out, let, let's round round out the Mac stuff with you know I I want to run by some thoughts with the the five K iMac. Okay. Um. So I, I still want one. Breaking news. <laughs> Um, and, but so the, the thing that I'm thinking through now is, so we've got all these rumors of Mac hardware refreshes and we've got, you know, Mac OS Sierra coming down the pipe. 
seems like it probably makes sense just to wait until all that kind of shakes out. Like, even if the iMac, you know, like presumably the only thing it would get would be, you know, maybe like a minor speed bump, which in the grand scheme of things probably doesn't make that big of a difference. But if it if it really is only, you know, a month, month and a half away, probably worth, you know, waiting for. Um, and it'd be nice to have one that just already has Sierra pre-installed. Nah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like since we're so close to all of that happening, it seems it seems worthwhile just to wait. Right. So does that mean it's a foregone conclusion? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's always just been a matter of time. So, like, I'm not really familiar with what, like, Intel's doing or, or what the potential, uh, like, processor upgrades are, because I don't think, like, the flash storage hasn't gotten any faster. Like, there's not really been anything beyond, like, whatever the, like, 2000, like, whatever the heck the RAM speeds are these days, and... The iMac's never going to have a good graphics card, so I I'm not sure what you're waiting for, because uh, I'm not sure that Intel has anything that's revolutionary. Um, but sure, I, I I don't think the iMac will get uh, like if there's a MacBook Pro refresh, which seems likely. I'm not sure there's going to be anything that really affects the iMac unless it's like a, a processor that's like 200 megahertz faster or something. Well, that's that, that's what it would that's what it would be, and I, I'm just thinking, you know, I mean, Apple obviously when they do that, they keep the price the same. So it feels like if I could wait, you know, a month and a half, yeah, I mean, I, it seems like I, I probably should. My only counterpoint would be that there's always something new. Oh, I mean, totally. But I mean, I guess the other thing too is I'm I'm going to be out of town for like three out of the next seven weeks or something. So you know, there's that. But, but too. the but the iMac is very portable. <laughs> true that is yeah that's a good point it's tsa friendly or or, or sorry, what, what's uh yeah tsa friendly i think it's it's it'll 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 fit in the uh the overhead bin i think yeah there's there's no three ounce liquids or anything in it uh well i, I don't know isn't isn't there like the led displays isn't there some type of or are we beyond that now no 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 hmm. yeah the, the 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 airport dogs don't mind okay <laughs> um yeah I'm i'm just i'm thinking like I mean, also, too, like, you know, I don't think it's going to happen because the, the rumors don't seem to be pointing this way. But, you know, if they do go the direction with these new MacBook Pros, which I think we should just get into next, like if, you know, if, if they do maybe have some type of like retina external display that they connect to, like I, I'd at least want to see kind of like what that setup is to see if maybe that would be but better. would you? Because I don't like if, if and again, we'll, we'll delay this because I, I, I do have something else, but. If there was an, an external uh, like 4K or 5K display, I don't understand how that would really affect the decision because I think that's only a display that really um, would like spur a purchase from somebody who's like who has a Mac Pro or is doing like prof uh, professional video or something because there's no way that it would be compatible with your Windows machine and it's still like I don't well, that's I was well, I I don't know that I mean because I, I can promise that well but you know like the cinema display that i am sitting in front of now you know it's certainly not advertised as being compatible with anything other than macbooks but i mean it works fine with my windows desktop well but in terms of like throughput and that kind of stuff uh pushing that many pixels at, at a 60 hertz refresh rate it, it requires some level of proprietary connectivity right and so i don't think i have the expectation that that's what's going to happen is i just 
I don't know. I, I would not feel confident with my purchase if I knew that there was new Mac hardware coming down the pipe. Okay, that that's sensible, but I, I I'd bet you a clever that I'm 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 in the right. <laughs> no, you're you you probably are right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, the, yeah. Let's let's get into the the MacBook Pro stuff. So uh, you know, so German Mark German is uh he's back back in the loop now, uh, at Bloomberg. He ran both a MacBook Pro story and an iPhone story uh, since we last spoke. Um, I don't know if we'll get to the iPhone stuff. It's not not all that interesting. Um, the MacBook Pro stuff is more interesting to me. Um, and, you know, the, a lot of what was talked about is stuff that we've heard before. It's the, you know, the LED touchpad thing, which, as we've talked at length, uh, as, as someone who has a Lenovo laptop that's got one of those things, God, I hope Apple's is way, way better. Um, I, I think that it would have to be. Um, but anyway, the, I think the, the most interesting thing actually doesn't have anything to do with the hardware. It actually is kind of what we've just been talking about, which is kind of like the release date and like the, the, the timing of when this stuff is coming out. Because German seems pretty confident Contra to, um, I think, most people's assumption prior to him coming out with the story, these are not apparently going to be announced during the iPhone event, which everybody is pointing to September 7th for. So what do you think? I mean, are, are these going to be announced just in a press release at some point later? Or is Apple going to go back to the routine of doing a second event in October? Um, and what, what, do you, what do you think they're going to do? If I, if I had to guess, I would say it's probably just going to be like a 20-minute um, like tail-end thing at the iPhone announcement, just because I, I don't think anything else is really... Like, cause I, so, so, you think, so you think German's wrong? I don't think they're going to be available same day, but I don't really... Well, he, I think in the story, though, he specifically said not announced at the iPhone event. I don't know. that That's just... That's what I... I that's what feels right to me, because um, I, I, I don't think... They do. I, I don't think Macs are important enough to get the press out to another event. I don't, but I do think that they're bigger than just like a press release or, or an update to Apple.com. I don't think Apple has been in the like in the business of, um, you know how like I think a couple of years ago they did one for like OS 10 Mountain Line and they did one for some other piece of hardware, but like they used to do like uh, private briefings with. Like certain journalists, like I don't think that's going to happen either. But again, yeah, I do, I just don't see another, like another event just for a, like some laptops. I I totally agree, but I also and and, and sorry to interrupt, but like also, well, well, first we I won't derail this too much, but Apple Watch Two is that happening with with the iPhone announcement? Well, it, it's it's weird because. We just haven't heard anything about it, and we haven't seen anything leaked out, which the way that I interpret that is we will still see it on September 7th, but that they're not going to be available until maybe like late October. I, then I think probably the same with the Max. Maybe, maybe, but th 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 so what I was going to say is that I just, I don't remember the last time that German's just been flat out wrong about something. It's been a while. Like he's had a pretty good run these last couple of years. So this, this would be the first time that he has been very specific about something that just flat out was wrong. 
And he didn't even, you know, he didn't even really hedge his bets. Like, I mean, he he was pretty concrete in the article that these things were not going to be announced. Yeah, I, I I don't know, but I again I don't see another another um like just an, another like venue for like their release that's not something that doesn't give them that just doesn't give them the importance that they that the announcement has or implausibly uh gives them too much uh attention unless the announcement like the first week of September is exclusively the iPhones and then there's a second event which is for the Apple Watch and the Max but that's a weird pairing and also then how long or how in depth is the iPhone announcement? Well, that's I was going to say because that then that, even, se- that seems too light, right? I mean, and even if you assume like I do that the Apple Watch Two is going to be at this iPhone announcement, even those two together, the the new phone and the the new watch, seems really light. That to me kind of seems like a that that does seem like a, a solid event. Like that seems like you do you do like the first fifty minutes. Because I mean, you know, they're always going to do oh this is this is the the Apple update on retail. This is how they, satisfied they've kind, of, they've kind of gotten away from that though uh, again i'd I'd wager this this time i'll I'll wager a, a buffalo blue for, <laughs> um that, that I, I like that all of our wagers now are in uh blue barn sandwiches yeah so i'm gonna do it uh the truffle is also good too um which which one the truffle the truffle i didn't i didn't see that on the menu and people people keep recommending the the rooster to me so i so i gotta i gotta try that one out soon huh anyway um yeah, like I, I, so I think like the events could be it's like update on retail. Here's how things are going in China. Here's all the, here's inspirational four minute video about the impact of HealthKit and and all and all the stuff Apple is doing. Tim says some stuff. Phil comes out, talks about the iPhone 6s, DS, 3D, and they talk about that for a half hour. A couple of demos from vendors and that kind of stuff, and then Apple Watch, and then fifteen minutes on Macs. That feels right. I, I know I'm. Pro- I know I'm probably wrong, but again, just what's the alternative? Yeah, no, I I'm in complete agreement. I just it just feels like betting against German at this point is ill advised. Yeah, people want to get bet against Hillary too. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I don't even know what I mean by that. Yeah, Sorry. you're just you're you're uh, you're uh, grabbing at straws here. Yeah. You want that political podcast bad? I do. Um, we've got yeah, a long I, list. We've got a long list of stuff here. Uh, we don't. We don't have a list. This is this is this is all completely off the cuff. This, this is a fireside chat between uh, two. I really a I team, don't, a team I don't, of rivals. That that phrase is overused. <laughs> it is, but again, I'm, I'm just everything politics today. Yeah. No. Old Hickory. You know, Twenty First Amendment Brewery in San Francisco. Here, they <laughs> uh, you don't like them? No, but oh, they have they, they have a, they have a beer that's called Fireside Chat, which I thought I thought that that's a good use of that phrase. You but are every, right. Every, every time are... I see every time I see the phrase like Fireside Chat, like at a tech conference, I just I just want to throw like my MacBook out a window. It's because they're pulling back the kimono. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that that too. <laughs> They're they're doing a deep dive before they put it all in the parking lot. Do you want to talk about business meeting jargon? Because I can go on for hours. No, oh boy, I could go on for days. What? what, what yeah, we'll circle back. 
Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get the WebEx conference room started. And... Fucking WebEx. Don't. <laughs> don't. All right. No. You, we want to go, go down the WebEx road? No. No, because th- that brings up some sore spots from today. Okay. The, wound, the wounds are too, too fresh. We, we've talked at length as, as to why enterprise software is so shitty, but WebEx holds a special place in, well, in, so I'll, in I'll, health. I'll, I'll, I'll say one quick thing about WebEx, which has been particularly egregious uh, lately. is uh, So the most recent update, at, at least that our company's rolled out, I don't know if we're on like the most current version or how our updating cycle works. But anyway, one of the newest versions of WebEx... Uh, so you know they have an Outlook plugin, which is actually mm-hmm. really nice, really mm-hmm. really nice, where you can you know add a, a meeting to a calendar invite, really handy. Um, well, this this update that they just pushed out, or that again at least that we just got, it, it now defaults when you push that button. The default is to set up like a like a conference where you know like you're a host and you're expecting lots and lots of people to attend. So it does things like. It mutes everyone by default, um, which yeah, is just, you know, just super, super great. So now I have to, like, have a couple of extra clicks when I use that plugin to make sure that it's just linking to my personal room so that it just, you know, acts like WebEx should act. Because you really should only be using, like, the conference functionality in, in very limited circumstances. Yeah. Not day-to-day meetings. Mm-hmm. Anyway, where are we? I I forget. Have we started the show? No, we were talking. Uh, I I genuinely don't remember. Uh, we, a, lot we, of, a lot a lot of Apple stuff. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so that's 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 done. Or I mean, yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, uh, sidebar or or quick. Uh, this this was uh, just a stray note that I have, but it's gonna be a question unrelated to anything we just talked about. But it's it's Apple related. You have the new Apple TV, right? I do. So. I've been thinking about it because for for unrelated reasons or, or things, I, I'm I want to get uh, back into movies because I've never been a big movie person. But and I think we talked about in the past uh, headphones for home theater. Slightly, did you, did I misremember that you said something? Because I know Roku has had for a while, and like maybe you said something about like PlayStation, where you can plug headphones into either like the remote or the controller. Right. Is that a thing with Apple TV, or did I misremember something about that? Yeah, so so what you're referring to that I do is so with my PlayStation Four, which I'll you know use as my Blu-ray player, the the uh, DualShock controller that it comes with has just a headphone jack, and whenever you plug in headphones to it, what it does is it mutes the sound from your TV system and just starts piping the audio through the headphone jack. So if I'm watching a movie late in the evening, I can just you know listen to the movie on my headphones, which is great. Um, I've never done this with Apple TV, but my understanding is that you can connect Bluetooth headphones to to it, and then that allows you to listen with headphones. But the, as far as I know, there's no way to like plug in headphones anywhere, unless I mean, I guess unless you plug in headphones to like your receiver and then run yeah, some which... long, but that you don't want to no. do that. Okay, I, I assume, but I, I'm not. I'm not positive about that but i I believe i believe you can do that with the new apple tv can i eventually give you homework for the next show in a couple weeks to try that out and tell me if there's horrible audio lag issues because that's the that's the one thing that would push me to go buy a new apple tv yeah no so i it's actually been something i've wanted to try so i'm glad that i've I've got a more 
specific reason to do that. So I, I will do that. Um, and I and I will say that we, you know, with the the PlayStation, the audio can be a little dicey. It, it can get a little staticky. It can cut out. For me, um, for me, it's it's like I'm I could tolerate that. Yeah. For me, it's I, out I, of right. sync audio that that makes people oh, want to vote you're... libertarian. <laughs> no, it's it's not it's not that. It, it's just kind of spotty audio quality. But but that doesn't run over Bluetooth, which I I assume the Apple TV one is Bluetooth. I th- well no, I think the DualShock does connect to the PlayStation Four via Bluetooth. Hmm. I think I think that is the connection mechanism. Then w- hmm, that's weird because then wouldn't the PlayStation or or the Apple TV have to compensate by delaying the video to make the audio in sync? I don't think there's really that big of a lag in bluetooth audio it, it's just well, like, it's just, don't it's you just beats headphones that for some reason have some weird delay well but like whenever you, like if you're if you're running or you're doing something with your phone don't you always like you, you pause the music and the, like i think there's it's like a three quarters of a second delay from like when i hit pause and when i the audio stops playing uh i mean there i guess yeah i guess maybe i've just grown so used to it i don't really think about it do you want to talk about the no headphone jack iPhone 6s DS 3D? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, like since we're betting sandwiches, uh, odds that it's called iPhone 7, I'm voting absolutely not. Yeah, I I, I lean that way too. I, I I don't really I like it because I, I joke in terms of like the uh, just just throwing letters and stuff at the end. But is it still called six something? Or do they pull like an SE? I really, I just strongly don't, I just don't think since it sounds like it's going to be um, a minor improvement, I don't think it it carries seven. I, you know, it kind of feels like, it feels like they're getting away from the the numbering convention. And so to me, this feels like the opportunity to, to now do that on the iPhones. But, but is it though? Because remember when they, with the iPad, they were like, oh, it's the new iPad. And they're like, oh, people don't like this at all. So it's it's back to numbers. Well, because the new iPad was objectively a horrible name. I mean, well, I but, assume but they, they came when up they did with something a little when, more creative for the phone. When they when they did iPad Air, it went to iPad Air two, again. And whenever there's an iPad Pro, yeah, that, 2, that was that was years ago. But again, like they they go back to the numbering because just people have to know if they have the best one or the latest one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess so. the 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 problem would be right if you if you get away from the numbering convention and you, and you do go with a different name, you know, something other than than just iPhone. Then, I mean, then what do you do going forward? You have to, you have to come up with a new name like every year. That seems that seems a little crazy. Yeah. And I don't think that you would come up with a new name this year and then like start the numbering sequence over again. Where are you like this year is the iPhone X and then, you know, next year's the iPhone X two. Like I don't think that that's that'd be weird. iPhone model three. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I honestly think I think I just think they should just go iPhone. I don't think they can just because since Apple has um just that their business model is 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 based on keeping the old version around, I just don't think they can. Because it's too difficult to differentiate the product, and then that makes it incredibly obvious that somebody's buying something that's out of date, rather than just thinking like it's mid-range. 
because you know how like they slot it down one year. Like you can't have this. This is the iPhone from 2014. I I just don't think that flies. Yeah, no that that's that's fair. Um, where did? We'll we'll round out the Apple stuff. You you would uh, there's something that you threw in kind of our uh, our show notes or like the discussion thing, uh, where you'd said something about Apple being more receptive to feedback versus releasing products early. What, what did you mean, or what have I forgotten that we talked about? This was yeah no this was a topic that came up on upgrade. I am um, I don't know I don't remember if it was last week or two weeks ago whenever it was one of the one of the more recent episodes of upgrade. Uh, Mike and Jason had a little conversation around it seems like Apple now is making more significant changes um okay what I mean by that is you know examples like iOS 7 you know complete redesign of iOS and then now a more recent example being like watch OS 3 where clearly you know Apple has fundamentally rethought of uh, a lot of the concepts around the OS. And Apple hasn't necessarily always been that way. I mean, I think sort of famously, they, they keep things pretty stable and I guess said a different way. They're they're usually pretty confident that what they've released is is right and they, they kind of stick to their guns. And so, I you know, what Mike and Jason were kind of trying to unpack is, you know, whether things like watchOS 3 are a sign that Apple is, you know, listening to to more feedback. Um, or alternatively, if, you know, maybe in the past, the reason they haven't changed things as dramatically is because when they've released products and software, they've actually been pretty darn reliable and there really hasn't been a reason to change. Um, and, you know, now more recently, they've been sort of been releasing hardware and software that's been less reliable. And so there's sort of this need to change. So I wanted to see what you thought about that because you're you're more of a more of a long term you know a long time Apple user compared to me. I I, I may be answering this wrong or maybe d- d- still don't understand the spirit of the question, but I like again this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where Apple's kind of in a more or at least I think like the the desktop side of things is in a more mature state. But I also think that means that they uh, there's this f- unnecessary. Um, drive to iterate when it's not necessarily uh required but also that certain things they do take a more cautious approach because it's more important to their business like that's why you generally don't see very radical changes with the iphone like does that make sense or am i am i still not totally grasping the question well so i I guess let's like i I keep using watch os3 as the example which is also the example jason and mike focused on and so I'll ask it a different way. So, you know, clearly watchOS 1 and watchOS 2 are just not where watchOS needs to be. Mm-hmm. So, do you, and it seems, you know, at least at first glance that watchOS 3 more is where watchOS should be. So, is watchOS 3 a more of a response to the negative feedback that Apple's received from watchOS 1 and 2? Or is it, you know, simply a function of the Apple Watch was released too early and watchOS 3 is basically what watchOS 1 should have been? 
Okay, I get it. So I think it's all of the above. And and that's and that's the difficult part. I think the the Apple Watch was released too early, but that Apple kind of felt like they had to release something to kind of quell like the the Apple can't innovate or post Steve Jobs nothing's happening. So I think it was released maybe earlier than they would want to, or alternatively that Apple didn't realize that it needed more work. And I think Apple, uh, that that watchOS 1 and watchOS 2, which was heralded as something that was going to fix most of the issues, but did almost nothing. All it did was add a couple of um, annoying features like time travel and a couple or whatever the thing where you spin the crown and it shows irrelevant information. Is that, is that it? Uh, I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think the watch is 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 unique in in that they probably released it too early just for business reasons and also because before watchOS uh or before uh the Apple Watch came out even though it wasn't very good Android Wear had already been out right yes yes so i think if apple had given it like an extra year in the oven to um Kind of just kind of like uh, to just to bake a little bit more. I I just think that they probably felt they didn't have that luxury of getting behind and not kind of capturing mindshare. And I know Apple's like we we want to think of them as a company that doesn't respond that way, but I also think that they just that is kind of what they felt, and that Pebble and Android Wear and all these kind of things. Had just had they had an opportunity to kind of define what wearables could be, and Fitbit, I mean, is even there still doing pretty well with that? Like the Blaze is surprisingly popular. I think Apple just felt like they had to be there, so in that case, they did release too early. But I think that WatchOS three, I think that's it's 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 complicated because it's a response to both Apple finding out how people actually use the product and iterating upon that, which is something that would only have come through releasing it in the wild or just an insanely long production cycle, as well as learning from the mistakes of having released too early. So, so I think, I think it's both, but um, I'll give you, I'll give you a chance to respond, but like there's been like a flurry of like Apple sponsored or like how, how how would you phrase it when a company like tries to spur like magazines and stuff to write about them like do, do you know what i mean like when there's there's been there's been like there's been like six like different like in-depth like have have this look inside of apple and and, and all this stuff like just eddie q and just like did the thing with the hollywood reporter like tim cook has had like two long-form interviews like federighi like like everybody, like they're giving all this kind of um, semi-controlled media access to try to shape the narrative about Apple because they're in kind of this weird spot where the like uncharacteristically positive growth of, of Apple in 2015 is causing them problems now where it looks like the business is in, de- is in decline, even though it's a, a still a pretty healthy business and all that. So anyway, like back to the, back to the watch, like it's, I, I think it's both. I think that 
they need the public feedback, which is a product of releasing too early, and that's what helps inform a, a better product. But also, I think this is a slightly different Apple where they are taking chances at releasing too early. And in a lot of ways, that's bad for bad for consumers and also bad for the company in the sense that the Apple Watch has, in most people's mind, probably a pretty bad connotation or, or, or like it leaves a bad impression because there was such a big marketing blitz around it. And the early adopters who were suckers and bought it probably are like, yeah, it, it's it's not terribly good. And we had to wait uh, 18 months to, to two years to have one that sounds like it might be usable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I agree it's maybe a little bit of both. But I mean, if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly, I, it, it sounds like you're leaning towards it being maybe a little bit more to do with releasing products too early. Um, and, you know, may, maybe then the changes that are made are in part due to feedback that they receive, but, you know, that feedback wouldn't even be necessary in the first place if they just waited a little bit longer to release some of this stuff. Is that, that sort of a, a fair summary? I think that's true. But again, like it, it's just really tricky in that I think things are, have advanced to a point where have, you don't necessarily have the luxury of waiting. Like I think things moved far, far slower when the iPhone was originally announced. Like even though we'd, we'd like to think uh, computers and technology innovate at a really fast pace, 2007 versus 2016, like it's it's a night and day difference. Like it's it's insane how quickly uh, Google and all these other like upstart companies can innovate and and, and how quickly things are released. Whereas I don't think they necessarily have the same luxury of, like they probably sat on the iPhone for an extremely long time. And even though the technology probably wasn't exactly what they wanted it to be and like, oh yeah, on the first iPhone, the camera was pretty crappy and it didn't have MMS and it didn't have all these other things, but they were able to like really have like just a solid core set of features. I think Apple of today probably doesn't feel that they have that luxury anymore and that they kind of maybe sometimes have to force their hand and release a product that's not maybe exactly what they want it to be which i think like i I think if you ask like if you somehow found a way to get tim cook to like let his guard down and actually tell the truth like and i don't mean that like as he's, he's disingenuous like whenever he talks but i think he he's he's not gonna be super frank about like the company's failings but i think they would all kind of say that they feel like the initial apple watch was probably a failure or not the product that they wanted to release yeah, I have to imagine that's how they feel. So, I mean, yeah, I, 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 again, I think it's a little bit of both, but I think, again, Apple is required, for better or for worse, to release too early. But I also think that, and, and I hate the fact that, that that implies that the initial purchasers are basically glorified beta testers, but I think the first-generation adopters are what will inform the design decisions and, and software uh, development of the product for the next 10 years. And if they can respond quickly and iterate rapidly and really take that into consideration, I think that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and, and what I will say that's definitely a, a positive development is Apple has certainly been more willing to you know do things like public betas that I think are enormously valuable and it really does represent a a change in the way that Apple 
looks at feedback. Like there's, like, you know, if, if you were to, if, if someone were to ask you, you know, five years ago, do you think that Apple would ever start doing public betas of iOS? Um, I mean, at least, I, I mean, I would have certain, I would have said no way, then, you know, no, no chance. And it, it's nice that that's become just a, a standard part of their, you know, annual release cycle. I'd agree, but I still think they have a, a long way to go. Like it, it also, like in the, um, in the sense, like you know, like how they uh, with uh, iOS ten, they they were like gonna allegedly do, or they they are doing, but they were going to do the, like the, what some people had hoped was like compartmentalizing the applications, so that like you know how you can delete some of the built in applications, but uh, like some of the more hopeful among us had uh, wanted them to maybe for that to mean that. Maybe the uh, uh, I, Apple Music gets uh, updates more than uh, once or twice a year because of that. So I think Apple is still, I still think like the software upgrade cycle and that kind of stuff is is still slower than most. Yeah, I I agree, but at least it's it's trending in the right direction. I think. I think it is, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 um. Switch things up a little bit. Well, sorry, no, the next thing I was going to talk about was Apple related too. <laughs> hey, let's complain about something. Do you want to talk about, uh, you've had this for a while, but it finally got rolled out to me. Uh, the new chase.com is still still the worst. Yeah, yeah. So Chase, uh, did you ever get the email? I got an email. I got, uh, I got, I got two email newsletters uh, warning me or, or, or bragging. I don't know which one it was. If it was a threat or it was, a, it was yeah. informing that uh, the new chase.com was coming and that uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be the, the world's best thing. Right. But it's, it's a fresh coat of paint on the same limited crappy website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Chase's website has never been very good. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of what was wrong with the old version was, it, I mean, it just, it was really outdated. I mean, it, it looked like something from like 2004 um, and it functioned like something from 2004. And like this new version, it, it basically keeps all the same, it's seeming like kind of all the same like underlying architecture. It's just, it's tried to slap on this like cartoonish, you know, coat of paint. So it's like it's like tried to bring this modern look, but it, it kind of fails at that, and it also doesn't really fix any of the like underlying problems that the old version had. Yeah, because I like earlier this year I was doing just kind of like a financial analysis, and I was trying to like just I was reviewing like a, like the past two years of like credit card spending and like that kind of stuff just to like because I was planning like a a budget for this year and things, and like I was struck by like how fantastic and amazing american express's website is in terms of being able to like analyze your spending and, and see transactions from like uh, years ago and and doing all this kind of stuff and you can export it to whatever format you want and it was like oh like chase's website like it, it's from like looks like it's from like 1997 and you can only look at the past 90 days of transactions I'm like oh this is terrible but then i got i got hopeful that the new site would actually be good and no it, it has all the exact same limitations it's still terrible. It just looks slightly less appalling. I actually really don't like the way that the new website looks. In some ways, I think the old one looks better. The old one looked really bad. Like it made, it made yeah, me but at least it, you know what? So I'll say this though. There, there was so much more information on the screen with the old one. The like information the, density was a little bit better, but again, it's either way you slice it, it's still 
not I mean, good. Yeah, well, we're talking about two two bad things. So how is it how is it so hard to show me more than nine days worth of transactions? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. That's all it did today. That takes takes a lot of data, man. It doesn't though, because American Express <laughs> has been doing it forever. I don't understand why. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and also, uh, this is just this is a really uh, nitpicky complaint. But on iOS, uh, with with the Chase card I do have, it's it, it doesn't like because American Express will send you real time spending alerts regardless of whether or not the um, the charge that you made was an Apple Pay transaction versus just one that was like uh, like oh Spotify charged you ten bucks. Right. It as Chase does not do that unless you manually go into the app and specify an alert. And I literally had to do one that says, if a charge is greater than $0.01, <laughs> send me a push alert. And, it, and it's and it's it's so half-assed, and it looks way worse, and it just it just frustrates me. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, I know. I've I've th- I've considered switching my banking to them too, but no, like no, I know. One of the main reasons <laughs> I haven't is because then I have to deal with that stupid website, not only for you know a couple of credit cards, but also now for cash and i know that you for for uh uh, undisclosed or or unpublic reasons um sorry private reasons that's what that's what (laughs) yeah yeah it's a a different way of saying it um uh aren't a big fan of of, uh, what do you call them bank of america yeah but they oh their website it's it's not great it's it's not american express good but it's not it's not chase bad and their mobile app is not the worst it took like two years to get touch id but it 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 chase is kind of the bottom of it's it's the the absolute worst so no so i wouldn't bank of america's website is okay and yeah their app is really good um i still think that getting cash out of the atm using apple pay is still pretty darn neat have you done that yet i still haven't i i there is a an atm uh that i i pass every once in a while but the problem is on uh apple on uh, on my apple watch i don't have the card my debit card loaded on it and i'm too lazy to enable it yeah it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool it's it's nice not having to take your debit card out is it you just tap your watch and you enter your pin and you like are there transaction limits or is it the exact same as just using your card no as far as i can tell it's the same as using your card nice i I should probably do that right yeah it's it's nice cool um yeah, so what let's what else we got? Yeah, that that was just a big disappointment because you mentioned that you got the new one. I'm like, oh maybe maybe there's hope. But no, no, no it's it's still shit. There's there there's never hope. There's never hope. Actually well let's let's uh <laughs> do a... hey, do you want to have our election our elections podcast? No, no. What I what don't. is uh what does uh, our polls plus say about oh. uh it's it's rigged anyway. Uh, we're going to be restored, uh, restored to law and order. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Law and order. Crooked, uh, the crooked media. Um, we'll lock them up. That part pissed. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. oh, that's, okay. Yeah. Save mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moving, moving right along. <laughs> Even though I don't like this is a, this is a technology focused uh, episode, I'm not, I'm not going to devolve into that yet. No, no, not yet. Uh, let's, let's pivot a little bit. What's, do you have as much hate for EMV transaction time or like chip cards as as everybody else does? Because I feel like this is one of those. Um, I don't love it, but I, I think this is like getting like such like a weird amount of like hate in our culture that I, I it 
it perplexes me. It's annoying. Um, I I don't think it's something that keeps me up at night or something that I, I think a lot about. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly an annoyance. Although, I, I mean, so there, there was the big update, right, that went out um, a month or two ago now. And I mean, I, I've noticed a pretty significant change. Like, what, you, what, what, what update? Sorry. There, there was some big update that went out um, by one of the big payment providers or one of the companies that distributes a lot of these, you know, EMV um, um, readers um, or terminals, I guess. And the, the, the processing time has been significantly reduced. I have not experienced that. Yeah, like I mean, like at, at Target, I've no, I, at this last weekend, I noticed that the chip read a lot quicker. Um, there are a couple of uh, shops that I go to near my office where I've noticed that the chip reading seems to be quicker. So it does seem to be improved, but still not, you know, not as quick as you know the old swipe. Yeah, uh, it's still for me. It it it's yeah, it's like a solid like ten to fifteen seconds to uh for the for the charge to go through and that that is 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 fairly annoying i i haven't noticed a difference in like this alleged uh like it's like fast emv or whatever the new firmware or whatever whatever the heck it's supposed to be is but um yeah i, I don't know like i i i just hope or well let's uh, we'll, we'll transition a little bit i i am hopeful that emv and all all the stuff is just um, a stepping stone and a catalyst for actual like NFC and phone payments that people will say like this this is dumb and this is annoying and that will accelerate people turning on the payment terminals to actually support uh, tap payments I because mean, like yeah, yeah totally that's I I'm already over chips I want everything just to go NFC. Because like I understand there's a lot of people that that won't work for, and it's probably just a very small segment of the population so far that is um, on board with Apple or Android Pay, and it's going to take a while. Because I think, even though it seems really simple, um, I think that for a lot of people, like the, for the people that can't even remember their email password or like find having an Apple ID password as being a challenge, that phone payments are probably just not going to be a thing they want to embrace. Like like the people who um, slow down the line at Walgreens to to write a check, I think that's the kind of stuff that's not gonna get any better. Right. I don't know. So it'll it'll take a while, but like almost all the the terminals that people are buying from Verifone and in 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 GCO or whatever those companies are, um, those almost all support tap payments, and almost all merchants are willing to turn that on eventually. Except like even even like Rite Aid and stuff gave in, and like whatever that uh, what was the thing that was uh, supposed to like have you scan a QR code to pay money, and then like everybody dropped out because they were like no this is dumb. What's it called? <laughs> I, I forget. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Well, and and CVS they they just rolled out an app right that is like QR based. It is, and and they have all the terminals set up, but they still refuse to enable Apple Pay or or Android Pay. Although there, there's isolated reports of people who say they they do get Apple Pay to work at CVS, I actually I've never even tried it, but because I, I just you know I don't want to be I don't want to be that guy. And people people can refer back uh, like 15 episodes. I think we had a episode called "Don't Be That Guy." Right? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, MCX. It was called like Merchant Exchange or something. Yeah, that's that's the one. Or no, no, Currency. Currency. Well, yeah, which was from MCX. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That that's what it is. Gosh, it's it's amazing that these names are so hard to keep track of. They they're just they're so intuitive. Yeah. Uh, but people should check out the uh, Joanna Stern had a good video at the Wall Street Journal about um, chip payments because one thing that she brought up that does uh, uh, make sense is that it whenever you leave your card in too long. Uh, and and I, I pride myself on never leaving the card in too long, is that it makes this like horrifying, like angry beep at you. Uh, but yeah, one of my skills as an adult is to have my card in only for the exact appropriate amount of time. Yeah, that that sound it makes is terrible. Yeah, it, like makes it seem it makes it like sound like you like you broke the law and the NSA is coming <laughs> for you. But right. really, it's just saying don't forget your card. But I'm not gonna forget my card because I'm, I'm a damn adult. Right. Hmm. Uh, I, I, quick side note, I tried installing Windows 10 in the middle of this podcast, and it says uh, your PC ran into a problem, and we'll restart it for you, and it's been doing that for 10 minutes. Nice. Yeah. Welcome to Windows. Yeah. It has a QR code that I can scan, even though I'm on a computer. Right. Yeah, no, the, the, blue, the blue screen of death has really gone uh, 21st century between uh, the emoji and, uh, and the um, QR code. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me some? Uh, this is gonna be a, a question I have for you. That that's all, and it, it, this is in your, uh, your my, my, your, my your, wheelhouse. Yeah, you, your side of the pond. What's the, what's <laughs> right, the, yeah. What's uh, your side of the bay? What's the deal with this game that I've been hearing nonstop about? What yeah, is no, no, no man's sky? sky? Yeah, I I figured this is what you were gonna ask about. Yeah. This is a even if you're not into video games, which you you famously are not. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really interesting story. So, No Man's Sky is a game that that's been in development for a fair number of years now. It, it's made by a really small team of developers. It's it's about twelve to fifteen guys, and they they actually had a like a flood in their office at one point, and they they lost a bunch of work. And so, anyway, this game's had like a really kind of crazy development cycle. Um. And the thing that's so unique about this game is that it, you know, it, it got demoed a, a bunch of times at E3, at a handful of other events, and every time that someone would see the game and it would, would talk about it, the conclusion would always be the same, which is, this looks really neat, it looks really ambitious, but I have absolutely like no idea like what this is, or like what you do, or like what the point is. Um, and so, you know, for to provide a little bit of context, maybe for people who don't know, so this is like a a, a space game where, you know, the, the big draw is that the universe that you're exploring is basically infinite. So it's a procedurally generated world. There's like 18 quadrillion planets or, or some crazy number, um, although, you know, the, the differences between each planets are I, from what I understand, pretty small a lot of the time. But but anyway, there there's some crazy large number of planets, and that's that's the 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 kind of the uniqueness of the game is it, it's pure scale. But so the game you know finally came out a couple of weeks ago now, and the the crazy thing is, or I guess it's been 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 about a week. But then the crazy thing is that people still don't really know like what this game is. Like they don't pe- like. Just little things like people don't know whether 
it's possible to run into other players because like you are connected online when you play um but people aren't clear whether if you do happen to be on the same planet whether you'd actually see that person um yeah people just still don't know what this game is and that that's that's just that's so crazy to me is that this game is now out there in the wild and people still don't know what to make of it can you think of any uh any examples of a game that this is supposed to be similar to like is this like w- why were people so excited about it or why because I, I know there are certain games like like there's uh like i mean there's world of warcraft there's destiny like there's there's certain games that attract like a really loyal following and there's a lot of like fervor and excitement before it's released but basically like is this a game that is like incredibly well reviewed or what 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 is with all the excitement around it cuz it seems like it's it's not just like that this is the new halo or like grand theft auto where people think oh it's going to be a good game or something or like as a new call of duty it sounds like there's like legitimate like this is novel and unique and and just supposed to be really good the reviews have been pretty lukewarm but the the reason people were so fascinated by the game is again because of just the general lack of knowledge about it you know it's but entertainment now it, you could put movies tv shows video games you could you could put just about any form of entertainment now into this category where because of social media and just the general flood of promotional material that we're surrounded by every day it, we everything that comes out is almost a known quantity before it even came out like you know movies are a really good example where between early screenings and trailers and tv commercials and social media postings if you were to gather all that stuff together like you could have a really good idea of what a movie is before you ever see it and video games are that way too with with demos and with e3 and with publishers having their own events like stuff is just it's just it's hard to surprise people and it's hard to keep things a secret whereas like no man's sky was just this totally unknown quantity and i think what people were hoping for is that there would be like some big reveal like we we would all get this game and it'd be like oh this is what this game is and there there'd be some you know big twist or some big hook and the reality's been no it, it's just it's a game that you sort of just go planet to planet you gather resources you explore you upgrade stuff and then you go to the next planet and you do the same thing over again and that's that's kind of all there is to it so you do not sound excited about this game well, so I I have purchased the game for the PC. Um, I have have I just just recently purchased it. Have not yet had a chance to dig into it. But I I'm curious to see it for myself. Like I I'm going into this fully expecting to be disappointed, but I just I have I have to I have to see it with my own two eyes. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. So it's it's a really it's just, it's a really interesting story, um, and I think it's just it, it's such a classic example of 
just unrealistic expectations, just really having no chance of um, being met. Can you think of another game that? Oh yeah, you asked you the asked, same thing. You asked that. Um, Did I? Well, you asked a version of that question, like what what game is this kind of like similar to? Or Was it, wasn't there a game called Spore? In like. Yeah, no, that actually. So yeah, you you're not the first one to to make that comparison. That that, that has been a, a comparison that's come up where similar in the in the sense that the scale was really unique, um, kind of just the general ambition was really unique, and sort of the kind of just like what do you do? Like, well, what what is the end game? Like, what is the purpose? Was also sort of unknown. And then the spore came out, and it was a similar kind of thing where it's like, oh, like, yes, technically there are like these millions and millions of species, but they're all just sort of minor variations of each other. And then, like, when you get into the game, it's like, oh, this is just sort of like a standard, you know, kind of base building kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. There really aren't a lot of other great comparisons, I guess, because you just don't, you don't see... You don't see the strategy that they took on this game being replicated a lot. Like there aren't a lot of um, movies, TV, or games that try to shroud themselves in that much secrecy. And I, I don't, I don't just mean like. I mean, obviously, like the latest Star Wars movie. Like they try to keep the plot under wraps. Like I don't mean stuff like that, but like just like fundamentally, like what something is. Like there just really aren't. There aren't many examples of that that I can think of. So I apologize if you've already answered this, and I, just, I wasn't listening or something. But who is this from? A major game developer, like, or are these people with like a um, like a verified track record or something, or is this just like an indie thing that got a lot of press? Like, who are who's the developer? Yeah. So I I, um, I was trying to think of their name this whole time and so I, I just I looked it up so it's hello games is the the name of the developer and, and sony published it so there is a there you know there's the sony name backing the, its distribution but in terms of developing it it's just hello games um and i'm, I'm looking at them they so they they are a small you know indie developer um and I'm looking, I mean, no, I mean, they really, um, they, they did a game called Joe Danger, which, which was popular amongst a lot of people, but wasn't, wasn't like a Halo or anything like that. And that, that's, um, I'm looking at their Wikipedia page. That's, you know, that's all, that's all they've got. So I don't know. I, I, th- I think, um, I think in a lot of ways, the, the blowback that people have been giving this game is sort of their, it's kind of their own fault. Like they, all they needed to do was be a little bit more articulate about what this game was and what it wasn't. But is it, isn't that like playing the game? Is it, isn't like uh, the hype machine or just like being like cagey and building stuff up? Isn't that like the only way to attract an audience these days? I think within reason though, I think you can only take that so far. I think they, they took it too far. Because I think when you leave that much ambiguity, you're you're setting yourself up only for disappointment. Because pe- people's imaginations get so big, right? Like when when you leave so many gaps in in what a thing is, people are just 
people are going to want to assume the best, right? People are just going to want to assume that this game is holding some huge secret or that it's going to have some crazy twist or something. And, you know, if, if that, if that stuff is, is, is out there and it, it, and your game doesn't have any of that, then you kind of need to come out and, and say that. Do, do you think that that holds a strong parallel to Donald Trump's, uh, domestic policy positions? Okay, right. so, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I actually, I actually think that's insanely accurate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Logitech pop switch. Yeah. So, so, um, so, well, so tell me about this thing. <laughs> I'm not actually sure. I, I I saw it and it seemed cool, but it, apparently is is because you still ha- you have your Hue lights, right? You didn't you didn't uninstall them. You're still fairly satisfied with them. Oh no, yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all in the uh, the Hue lights world now. Living the dream. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, apparently like the pop switch is supposed to be um like some type of like uh, control thing that tries to simplify home automation and it's and it's uh, compatible with a lot of the different protocols. So it works with Hue and Insteon and like the Zigbee thing, like all that stuff. So that that seems pretty cool. I guess this this was mainly just a jumping off point to ask you a couple questions like related to your experience with Alexa and um, uh, the, the Hue lights. So uh, do you have any qualms about how the lights operate off of um, either voice or the app? I don't ever control them with the app, to be honest. I mean, I do every once in a while, but you know, I use and I, I haven't muted the mic, so I have to refer to her as Echo. <laughs> um, Wait, I, what? I, I haven't muted the Echo prior to starting the show here, so Got I can't. It. I can't can't say her name. Well, you can. She'll she'll just a couple times afterwards say, "I don't have the answer to whatever you said" or something. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, so, I mean, so most of the time I, I just, you know, control the lights with the echo, but then the other thing I have now too, is the, the tap switch. Oh yeah. How's that working? It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I mean, it's my, my big thing was that I felt really dumb, like going to bed and having Alexa turn the lights off. Like I did, I just felt, I felt stupid. Like when the light is literally an arm's reach away. So the, the, the tap switch alleviates that and it, it's fine i mean it's 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 a simple little thing i i love the fact that it doesn't use batteries uh, that still doesn't make sense to me does the feel not bother you it's fine i mean it, it's it's a it's a switch that i use like but it's not at, a switch. at it's, most it, it's, it's, a, well, it's weird a, it's a button it feels like a game show buzzer <laughs> yeah that's 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 it well as a as a jeopardy fan you should appreciate that no no that's totally different sorry like i i've given Again, we won't get into this, but I want I want to be on Jeopardy, so therefore, like I've given this a lot of thought. No, the uh, Jeopardy buzzer is more like a pen thing, like where you're clicking it like the, oh, like the yeah. top on a on a pilot pen. That's true. Yeah. Whereas um, the Hue Tap Switch is much more like a Family Feud type buzzer. Yeah, I mean it, it's fine. Like again, like the fact that it doesn't have batteries and like harvest its own energy from you pressing the the switch. That's that's pretty darn cool. That's novel, but the only thing that that uh, makes me like want to knock that is that while they might think that that means oh you never have to replace batteries, 
in all sincerity, the protocols and everything that it relies on will probably be dead before if it had batteries, the batteries <laughs> would have died. Pro- probably. So they're solving a problem they don't need to solve yet. They could have waited a few years on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, I, the the things that you told me about it before I got it um, are disappointing. I mean, the the fact that you you really can't just set it up to be an on off switch. I mean, like you can. You have to like, set up like four different <laughs> scenes, and apparently, like one of them has to just be off. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself insane. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing is like you can't. So there's there's four buttons on it, and you can't just simply say, hey, like with this button, turn this light off. Like, the like, big one can't just be on or off. Right. Like, well, like it can, but, like... Can you, it? Well... It can only I, do one thing. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, no, no, that's that's right. So, right, each button can only do one thing, and that one thing it can do... It, it can do on-off, but it's just... You have to set up a scene where... Yeah, like, it can't just be, like, clicking it again does the opposite. It just does nothing if you click it again. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um so but you know i mean really all i use it for is is my bedside light here and you know tap the switch and it, it turns off so so in that in that sense it you know it it, it just works <laughs> as as you're as you're famous for quoting what is that from oh that was was that the thing about the max was I think, like I think that wasn't that a wasn't that that was just a, a Steve Jobs thing, right? Just on stage, you know, like his one of his things was it, it, it just works. I actually don't remember. I think so. Hmm. It's an Apple no, his, thing, his thing for was sure. Boom. Well, well, I mean that that's the thing, of course. But yeah, <sighs> yeah the, the, those uh, the the videos that always come out, you know, either the day of or the day after, where people just stitch together all the uh, the adjectives. That you know the Apple executives use during the event, like those, those never really get old. I, the, every time I just, I find those really amusing. Yeah, they're pretty yeah, good, kind of. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing about sorry about the Logitech pop switch that I wanted to get to is, um, uh, like a month in. What's your opinion on Alexa? Uh, I I really I really like it a lot. Um, it's I, I think my opinion is still the same as when we we talked about it a few weeks ago which is i still don't see it as necessarily being essential like i don't think it's like completely changed you know anything in my apartment necessarily but it's really convenient it's really neat like i I think i've said before where you know like this this primary light that i use in this room is like on the opposite end of the room from where i walk in so like being able to turn that light on without having to walk all the way across the room that's pretty cool. Not, you know, not life-changing, but neat. Um, are you are you asking other questions, or is, uh, or is it doing things other than home automation stuff, or is that literally all it is? I thought I, thought I was going to get, like, really excited about all the, you know, the other things it could do, because, you know, I, I, I installed the Uber thing from day one, and I, I've used it a couple of times. Um, I, I still use the, you know, the NPR news thing quite a bit. But no, like I that that's about it. Like I even with like the Philips Hue lights too. Like I haven't gotten into all the like if this then that stuff. Um, I haven't really, I haven't really dug into a lot of that yet. Hmm. Okay. Do you use it for timers or like commute times or any of that kind of stuff or not, not that either? Not for the my Apple Watch is really my go to for a timer. Um, but what I do use it for is an alarm. Great, great default alarm tone. 
it's it's relaxing. No, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, really, really good alarm tone, and I I do think that part's really convenient. Like as I'm going to bed, and I'm thinking like, all right, what time do I need to get up tomorrow? Okay, I need to get up at seven. Like that that is really convenient just to be able to say, you know, hey, Miss Miss Echo, so I'm not just not gonna say her name. Uh, set my alarm for whatever. Like that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Miss Echo, okay. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. Right. Um, okay, cool. And the, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about was, do you think Alexa should talk? <laughs> what? I just, I heard it, I heard it go off. Yeah, she's fine. Um, do, yeah. Do you know I, what I mean by that? No. I, 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 you asked me that over our, our Slack channel, and I, I didn't really even know like what to make of that question. Like, of course she should talk. Like, what, what's, the, what's the alternative? So this is something that occurred to me, and, and I've, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, even though I think it's maybe obvious, or maybe I'm just not paying attention. But like, let's say you walk into your, your apartment and Alexa knows that you are um, your home because it, it acknowledged the Bluetooth connection or something. Do you think that uh, it should be allowed to talk without being prompted to? Like, do you think uh, like it should be able to give you like, uh, like the moment you walk in to say like, oh, you, you missed an Amazon package. Here it is. Or um, like, should it be able to convey information to you without being asked? So you so your question really is isn't whether Alexa should talk it's should she proactively talk. Yes. Because I think that's one of the things that um like I I like I don't know like like I've thought that like you know cuz how it has like the ring at the top that like should it like should it be able to like pulse and just be like you could ask it like what like notifications or like just what is going on that it might want your attention for. Or should it just be able to like just interrupt you and, and start talking to you? Because like in, in like science fiction movies and all that kind of stuff, like whenever like you think of like AI and that kind of stuff, it does talk without just like being a robot that you ask questions to. And I don't really ever see anything like related to like Google Now or Siri or any of that kind of stuff where people think of it addressing you before you address it. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Um... I mean, it's 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 easy to see that like being the future. Like it's it's easy to see the you know the Echo three or the Echo four or whatever, a handful of years from now. Like it's it's easy to see that being something that they strive towards. And like I think you see some of it too, like on the Apple side with all the the predictive stuff they're trying to do now. But I don't know. Like I don't I don't like today. I don't I don't think the technology's there. Like it, it's. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would necessarily rely on the Echo to know when it should prompt me with something. I, I think it'd be far more likely that if it tried to do that, it would just end up like interrupting conversations and provide you with information that you don't care about. Like I, you know, I don't, I just, I just don't think we're, we're not, I don't think we're quite there yet. So when does it get there? Or like, how do they introduce that? Well, I mean, it just, you know, it's, it's, I think they're in the process of doing it now. I think it's, it's, it's data collection. It's understanding the types of things that people want to know and when they want to know them. I mean, that's, that's, those are the two key data points, right? 
So I think you, I think over time you just learn. Hmm. Okay. Oh, that's, that's interesting though. I think, um, cause I also think too, like it, 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 it I don't know, like it'd be hard to, like you, you'd think that there would need to be some level of configuration with that. Like kind of like how, how chatty you would want her to be. Right. But, yeah. but then, but then if you rely on people to configure that, then you sort of, you're losing a lot of, you know, kind of the simplistic nature of it, which is really like, I mean, AI should just be simple, right? Like it should, it shouldn't be fiddly. It should just sort of, again, to borrow the, the phrase we were just alluding to, it, it should just work. Correct. But doesn't, uh, you're like robot assistant like like doesn't like once it starts talking to you doesn't that eliminate a lot of the complexity of the product like isn't the the knock that people have against this kind of stuff uh is like how poor the discoverability of like a lot of the features are like if if there was no configuration and it just interacted with you naturally and and spoke to you doesn't that make that easier well, but it, yeah, it, it does if it would work, but I just like what I'm saying is that given given how limited the Echo can be, even when you talk to it first, like, you know, the, the great example is whenever you have it interact with a, a third party service, you have to be very, very specific in the way that you word or request that the Echo do that. But in a year, I don't think that's going to be the case. Maybe, but I, I guess... The the simplest way of, or the, the summarized version of what I'm trying to say is I think that the responsive nature of the Echo's got to get a lot better before it's going to have any shot at being good with proactive feedback. Hmm. That's probably true. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that, that occurred to me. So just wondering. Uh, whew. Already eighty minutes in. What what else you got, or should we round this out with picks? Um, yeah, you know, I'm looking looking through some of the other stuff that that we've got here. Um, the only thing that I think I want to try to get to because it's it's been kind of on our list for a couple of weeks now is your uh, your your iCloud trouble. Oh yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if I have a good uh, good story about that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't trust the cloud anymore. Uh, I think like three weeks ago, my iPhone, all of a sudden, um, it started, uh, it started showing me notifications for things that I had previously told it not to show me notifications for. Um, and then I went over to, um, I forget if it was like iCloud photos or, or, or something. Um, oh no, I opened OmniFocus. And uh, it presented me with a completely blank database and pretended like I had nothing inside of it. I'm like, okay, that's weird. And then I went over to, um, I forget it was if it was like my, my two-factor authentication program or something else, but there was another app that I opened up and it was totally empty. Like it was the first time I had ever launched it. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's weird. And then I opened up uh, the photos app and, uh, all my iCloud photos were gone. And then I I turned iCloud photo library on and off again. And then only like 40% of my photos came back. So uh, I don't trust my iPhone anymore. So that's cool. Hmm. And it's been fine for the past couple of weeks. Like, in, And I say it's been fine in the sense that I haven't lost more data than I already have. So I guess that's saying something. 
But um, yeah, I I, ha- I don't know. And then that that kind of freaked me out. So therefore, I like I put everything into airplane mode, I, or I like I pulled the Ethernet cable out of my iMac, and I backed up my uh, the offline photos database, so I didn't lose anything literally. And then I just backed it up to Google Photos, and then I was like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not so uh, cloud happy anymore. I'm probably totally jinxing all of this, but that's the one part of iCloud I've never had trouble with is is the backup piece. Like that's always worked really, really reliably for me. Well, the thing is like like my iPhone backup still says it happened at 3 a.m. Like that's fine. But again, what is it backing up? Because you, you, since you haven't restored from it, you have no way of verifying the backup is accurate. Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I guess I don't, I guess I haven't validated that this specific most recent backup is, is works, but I mean, I've now, I've now used an iCloud backup on the last, well, I mean, how, however many iPhones we've had, three or four new versions of the iPhone since iCloud backup became a thing. I mean, that, that's how I set up every new iPhone was with mm-hmm. an iCloud backup and that's, it's, that's always worked fine. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but for me, like that's it was, it was very terrifying, and and I, I, my iPad is fine, which is weird, and it doesn't really seem like much data is missing from the cloud itself. But no matter how much I sign in and out of iCloud or try to fix that, it still doesn't restore stuff to my iPhone. So I, I, I just don't really know. But I also don't want to like really like nuke the iPhone and try to start from scratch because then I'm going to lose all my text messages and everything else. So I, I. I I don't know what to do. But yeah, I, I that forced my hand and I finally uh, ignored all my privacy concerns and tried Google Photos. And Google Photos is amazing. And and I'm and I think everybody should use it. So this so this has um backup capabilities as well from your iPhone? It does. You just open it up and it uh backs up everything automatically. It uses Google's like uh machine learning in the cloud and that kind of stuff. So even if you haven't tagged anything like i can still type in like dogs or or um uh like pizza and it finds all the stuff for it which uh for me since i have fourteen thousand photos uh finding things in, from the past can be very challenging like have you ever do you have a lot of photos on your phone oh yeah how easy is it to find something that was like from three years ago uh i mean it's i don't know it's it's not too bad. Like, how do you, how do you do it? Because they they removed the thing where you can search by location. So that was like the one workaround I used to have, like in iOS six. I don't know. Like, it it just seems like it's it's very hard to get back to things. Whereas, um, like Google Photos, I just type like Healdsburg, California wine, and it it finds everything based on the geolocation and what it thinks the pictures of, and it's and it's fantastic and it's perfect. I usually just sort of scroll through, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I mean, that that's that's fine, but I'll, like uh, for finding like that one photo, that's like, and and the the problem what kills me is that the iOS Photos application it doesn't um, have like a slider or something that tells you um, it doesn't help you narrow it by date much. Like, there's no way to really like quickly jump to like May 2011. Mm-hmm. So you're you're just scrolling forever, right? So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't trust my phone anymore, and uh, now Google has all my has all my um, life's memories. So yes, this month's going great. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, picks of the week. Sure. Okay. Uh, me, you. Oh, whoever. Uh, all right. Um, so I, I have taken one of your recent recommendations um, and recently purchased the Bose SoundSport wireless headphones. Oh, cool. How do you like um, them? Love them. They're great. Um, and I, I'm actually not using them for when I run. I still have the PowerBeats 2 headphones for that, which I'm still really happy with. Um, but the the SoundSport have basically become like the headphones that I use like everywhere else. So like when I commute, when I'm just around the apartment, they're just, they're, they become sort of just like my just regular headphones. Um, and you know, I, I, what I've really found is that wireless headphones have their serious drawbacks in terms of delays that we've talked about in audio quality, but it really is just tough to beat the convenience of not having a cable. Just little little things like doing chores around the apartment, like doing dishes, like again commuting, like all that kind of stuff. Like, um, just really great to not have a cord going to your phone. So and and they're they're incredibly comfortable. They stay in your ear really well. Um, yeah, I've I've been really really happy with them. They sort of replaced in a lot of ways the the SoundSport 2 around ear wireless headphones that I had purchased back in January. Um those are still fine, but the 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 whole I I'm not a huge fan of the around the ear headphones. Um like they they're like the the QC35s that I have like when you're traveling, when you're like on a plane, I think that's where it makes sense, but like just general everyday use, I don't necessarily like using the around ear headphones a ton. I'm sorry. What's the model you're talking about? The um, the, I guess the SoundLink. I think I said SoundSport again. The sound, the SoundLink two around ear wireless headphones. We 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 had talked about those when I when I bought them because I remember I had I had had the the first version that had like that crazy Bluetooth oh, dongle the, oh, thing. The AE two Ws. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those are basically the QC35s, just without any the noise canceling without yeah. the mediocre noise cancellation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so like, again, like th- those have a, a time and a place, but like, I, I don't like those type of headphones for like everyday use. Like, I, I do, I just prefer earbuds and that's, you know, there really have never been a great pair of wireless earbuds that I've seen. But I, th- I think the, the sound links are sort of the, um, the first ones. They're, they're very good. And the, and the sound quality is probably the best I've ever heard. Yeah. It's really, it's really just, good. Ha- yeah. So good. I'm glad. Yeah. Which color do you get? Just the the black ones. Nice. Yeah. Um, damn near impossible to find. Um, really? Yeah. Um, so when I went to buy them, Amazon was sold out. There's a Bose showcase store in the uh, Westfield Mall here in San mm-hmm. Francisco. They were sold out. Um, but uh, Best Buy, Best not in store, but Best Buy online had them. So weird yeah they're i don't it's really weird they're, they're like i mean they, if i guess like if i go to amazon now yeah they don't have uh neither color is in stock yeah or um there's somebody offering a pair for 599 dollars nice classy these reviews are, are not even three and a half stars yeah i finally got off my butt and i wrote a negative review of the qc35s 
and I feel justified. <sighs> yeah. I genuinely hated those headphones. Just like because they were uncomfortable and the noise cancellation was so much worse than the QC25s. Yeah, I know. Are they still uncomfortable like 3 months in? No, they're they're okay. They're again not headphones that I would wear every single day all day like I, I like I could say that my QC15s I could say that like I, I could just wear those all day every day mm-hmm. um, and they'd be fine QC35s mm, not so much but again like I I'm willing to trade off a lot for the convenience of wireless like I the the, yeah. the more the more and more that I use wireless headphones like I'm I'm willing to put up with a lot for that convenience uh, yeah I, I get it that's challenging yeah all right uh i got one major pick of the week and then one, one minor so uh my my big one is an app called one keyboard for os 10 one keyboard oh yes. for for the uh i think you're thinking of uh mac os for os 10 yeah <laughs> um <laughs> It's it's a neat application that has very uh, a very narrow um, function, but what it allows you to do is to pair your iOS device to your Mac uh, over Bluetooth, and use the keyboard of your Mac to input text on your iOS device. Hmm. And this has, like, again, it's a very limited use case, but I don't know if you ever had the thing where like you need to. For whatever reason, you need to type like more than a few sentences on your iPhone, but you have your Mac right next to you, and you're like, "Oh God, this could be so much." Like I, I like sometimes I'll even think like I'll just email something to myself and then I'll copy and paste it and like just stuff like that. But this is so much easier. You just create like a secure Bluetooth connection between the two, and it's like you had an external Bluetooth keyboard for your iOS device. Interesting. It sounds like something you don't need but you totally do. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the biggest use case of typing between devices like you described would be iMessages, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's already iMessages in OS X, so I just, I just do that. Yeah, but it's like some apps, like, I don't know, like... <sighs> I mean, I, 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 I get it. Like, I, I, I guess I could see how this would be convenient, but... Yeah, I'm trying to think of, of like, what some of the big examples for me were. Like, because there were, like, two things this week where I was... I don't know, but it's 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 very good, and it's it's narrow use case, but it's ten bucks that is that is very well spent. I'm su- I'm surprised this is something that works. It it works insanely well. It seems it seems like this would be violating some app store rule somewhere. And it, and yeah, and it's in the Mac App Store, so it it's somehow making do with the sandboxing. Right, right, yeah. So recommend it. Um, and then the minor follow-up, uh, this is a follow-up to a uh, previous pick of the week a couple months ago. Uh, Airtable, uh, my, uh, inven- my like online databasing slash Excel sort of like cloud thing that I, that I very much enjoy. Uh, it got a uh, native-ish uh, application for OS X, which is good. So it's no longer um, uh, just like a, a tab that's just always in your browser. You can now have it as a separate application. It's kind of like Slack in the sense that it's basically just a web view wrapped in like a, map, a Mac OS application, but it's still nice. And they added one new feature, which I really like called grouped records, where you can like um, uh, group a database or a sheet based off one particular type of criteria. So 
It's very good. And if anybody hasn't tried Airtable yet, I, I highly recommend it. Hmm. Yeah. Something good keeps getting better. Very good. And then before we finish this up, uh, yeah, so we will not be on next week. Uh, but the week after that, uh, we will be talking about the future of this great nation. Are we going to do it for real this time, you think? We are, and we're going to release it for real, unless... No, we're going to release it no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Except we we reserve the right to uh, not release it. Uh, we'll send it to Allison Janney. Let her preview it. Yeah. I, th- I think she's available. I think she 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 would do that for. Her. I don't know. She's 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 back. She's back in the the spotlight now. She's so cool. I know. She really is. So I don't want to. I don't want to make the show longer than it has to be. But like, she's one of those uh, celebrities where like, just you think they're probably like just really cool in person. Yeah. And it seems like a genuinely good person. Yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah. Secretly, kind of like the best character on that show. Yeah, I, I I really need to rewatch The West Wing again. Yeah, it's it's, it's been for me like because I know you did a thing in college where you either rewatched it or you just watched it for the first time, but I haven't seen it in like a good ten years. So I yeah I watched it for the first time all the way through in college, and then I rewatched it all the way through um, maybe like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So still pretty recent for me. It's good. It's it's really good. It's you know, it's um a little sappy at points and a little a little over dramatic at points, but Yeah, I assume there's probably a lot of segments with like with soaring music and, and, and stuff like that where you just you just like this this is a speech that doesn't need to be here. But that's that's part of the fun a little bit. It is. No, it it's I mean it, it's it's my favorite show of all time. So I mean what else Wow. What else do you want me to say? Although yeah, the West West Wing, no doubt. Best show ever. All right. Cool. Well, uh, enjoy the week off next week. And uh, yeah, yeah, prep your uh, best uh, Trump impressions. <laughs> Will do. All right. We'll see if we can get Crooked Hillary to be a guest. <laughs>